This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. Introducing our first ever Shine On Book Club book. The Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, and Love by Derek Rydahl. Get the book and join the conversation in the coming weeks. Derek Rydahl pulled himself up out of childhood poverty, always a seeker. He had recurring dreams that he would heal people, but he didn't want that at the time. The now integrative therapist, teacher of the Awakened Wealth Program, is a former actor and screenwriter. Derek wrote his first book, Emergence, after having a life-changing, near-death experience. The Abundance Project grew out of that experience, too. So let's start at the beginning. See, I was doing a movie, actually, and I and I nearly drowned in a uh, coral reef. And that's when I had this opening and saw that my whole model, the whole model of self-improvement was false, that the self that I was trying to improve was just a fictional character, an amalgamation of parental fantasy, societal conditioning, peer pressure, and nothing I ever did was going to ever make that version of me enough. But that behind that, there was this me that had never been hurt. So he didn't need to be fixed and he was already complete. So he couldn't actually be improved upon. And I pulled out of society. I tried to become a monk. The monk life didn't work out too well. (laughs) And and I ended up uh, going on this inner journey for a couple years. And that's when I came out of that with the law of the emergence and began to practice it in my own life, turn my life around. Went from living on 19 cents, boxes of macaroni and cheese, suicidal in a little one-room apartment to ultimately traveling the world and teaching and coaching and, and creating this work that I do now. And then somewhere along the way, everything fell apart again. I started to go broke, even though I was doing everything right. Because yeah. This was before I, I turned everything around. And I, that's when I had the realization of what I now call the abundance principle. As emergence got really, really popular and successful, and I began to see this principle more and more and more and um, was able to use it again to create a lot of abundance in my life not just money but abundance of of all kinds of things you know joy and love and friendship and and just abundance and that turned into my most successful teaching program called the awakened wealth program and now this new book the abundance project we're talking with derek rydahl best-selling author of emergence his new book his new project is the abundance project 40 days to learn more wealth health love and happiness and I want to go back to you, you know, in your apartment, suicidal, eating bad food. This was even <laughs> even after your near-death experience and you realized there's so much more to you, you still were depressed? What was the disconnect there? I wasn't depressed, but I was doing all this work. I had pretty much pulled out of society. I'd gotten rid of everything. I mean, I told you, I tried to become a monk. And a week into my fasting and silence, I freaked out so bad, I broke into the monk's kitchen in the middle of the night to steal food. <laughs> and, you um, are my kind of monk, Derek Ryder. <laughs> right? Oh. Right? A monk with an attitude. And I ended up, like I say, cloistering myself in my own apartment. So I wasn't depressed, but I was really deeply on this inward journey. I was having a lot of profound insights in breakthroughs and transformation, but I was also slowly going broke. And then I had this moment where I realized I was about to be evicted. Bill collectors were calling, and I had a sort of a lay down the gauntlet with 
God, so to speak, and sat in my little faux leather meditation chair and said, I'm not getting up in this chair until I know what's going on. Either this stuff is true or I'm deluded. But one way or the other, I'm going to find the answer tonight or they're going to have to pry my cold, lifeless hands from this faux leather chair. (laughs) And... um, because I'm not, because I was, I was basically having my Gary Sinise moment in Forrest Gump. You know, he gets to the top of the mast, yeah. shakes his hands at the heavens, and says, "Bring it on, God!" Because he doesn't understand why is this happening. After he he did everything right, you know, and right. I'm doing everything supposedly right, and I had a, a a revelation, a breakthrough. This voice said to me at some point late into the night, after I'd wrestled my demons and been pinned to the floor over and over again, it said, "You made your." savings account your source and thou shalt have no other gods before me and it was like what i half expected to turn around and see moses holding a tablet looking very much like charlton heston and in the voice the energy of the voice said that whenever you make something or someone outside of you your source of safety security support or supply the universe is set up to fail you so that you can come back home again to your real source your real power because you basically have to give your power away to whatever you think is your source whether it's a job an economy a government a parent a spouse whatever and when when this energy came through me it thundered inside of me like the clarity of it and there was a peace that came over me like a peace i'd never experienced before even though my life was falling apart again i i felt so peaceful i just i fell asleep and for the next couple of days i wandered around in a peaceful state even though and i would stop every once in a while and go how are you so peaceful like you don't have any money you're, you're about going to be evicted, broke right and uh, but i was at peace yeah. and it's the first time i i experienced what's known as the peace that passes all oh, understanding Oh, yeah. And then the phone rang. And it was my former acting agent. He said, I know you don't do commercials anymore because you're too spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he said, but they called you looking, they called you out of the blue looking for you. They want to see you for this commercial. So I said, okay. I knew that was an answered prayer. I went on it. I booked it. And for two days work, I made more money than I ever made in a year. It was a Pepsi commercial with Cindy Crawford. It's like one on a big cruise ship. We did one in Blockbuster too. Like it was a co-promotional thing with Blockbuster. And um, yeah, it was fun with Cindy Crawford, you know, the model. Yeah, we heard of her. Yeah, (laughs) and I have to tell you, it's nice to laugh over that because really, you 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 just about brought me to my knees weeping when you talked about source. It's a sentence I say so often to so many people when they complain about their boss or complain about their boyfriend or complain about their whatever. I say, and that is not your source. Yeah, and that is not who really feeds your life. That is not your source. We're talking with Derek Rydahl. The new book is called The Abundance Project. The former book is Emergence. When you had a near-death experience, you came to realize that there's so much more to you and that that so much more didn't need fixing. When did that happen? When you were under the water in the coral reef or later when you're recuperating? No, it happened in the coral reef. Um, I was trapped in the coral reef. I was in this small pocket surrounded by a wall of fire coral, which was like the most intense fire coral. It was like a thousand jellyfish things, so I couldn't touch it. And beneath me was rows of spiked coral, inches from my throat, my face, my neck, my stomach. So I couldn't breathe deeply or I would have been skewered, punctured. I couldn't lift my head out of the water or I would have been punctured. I couldn't go down, swim down to try to find my way out or I would have been skewered on these things. So I was stuck at a level in the water, a shallow level, had to breathe in short staccato breaths. And I had 
had to paddle with just the tips of my fingers to keep that water level, and I was just stuck there. I couldn't go up, I couldn't go down, I couldn't touch the walls, I couldn't get out. Nobody knew I was there, and it was getting dark. My mind just began racing with all kinds of self-loathing, or how could you be so stupid, and all the tapes, all the tapes. Like, I was literally in hell, and I couldn't get out of it. And I fantasized about... You know, maybe somebody would rescue me, and then when I realized that wasn't going to happen, I began to fantasize. Maybe at least when I, you know, died, drowned, I would, you know, they'd put an article in the uh, Hollywood Reporter or Variety, you know, and uh, they would posthumously talk about what a great actor I was or something. You know, right, but even right. my ego was still trying to find it 15 minutes. And then eventually the tapes went to the end, and it was like one of those old reel-to-reels where it goes off the one reel and goes on to the other, like, and there's no more, there was nothing. There was just this silence. It wasn't a peaceful silence. It was a finality. Yeah. I knew I was going to drown. There was no more trying to get out, hoping I don't. I tried to negotiate with the universe. Please, God, if you get me out, I promise to go to church on Sunday. And the universe was not playing. Let's make a deal. And so now all that was really truly left was unconditional surrender. And in that moment when I let go, there was a flash. It was a flicker. And it was like, woof, like, whoa. And then the next moment, I popped out of that pocket somehow. I still don't exactly know how. And I was standing on the one piece of coral that I could stand on outside of the water, looking in to the hole I had been stuck in for this entire time. And the exit was just inches from me the whole time. I just couldn't see it from my, percept- my perspective. I saw this whole coral-, coral reef and realized it was a metaphor, you know, for my life, that I had been swimming through this maze following all these brightly colored things, trying to get lost from my pain, and I was drowning. I was gasping for air. Everything was luminous. I could see this luminosity through, around everything. I basically began the journey of pulling out of society after that, you know, become, trying to become a monk and eventually becoming a, my own monk in my apartment. But the, the insight, the vision was so shattering. The man that swam out of that reef was not the same guy that swam in. I had to figure out what had happened to me. Who am I? Because I didn't know anymore. That's why, you know, ended up cloistering myself and going on that inner journey. Yeah. We're talking to Derek Rydell, best-selling author of Emergence. His new book is The Abundance Project, and I promise you we're going to get there. Derek, how much more time do you have? Do you have a few more minutes? I do. Okay, great. I want to know a couple of things, like... Like, were you on your own? Like, you wandered away from the from the from where they were shooting the film and you into this reef by yourself? Yes. Yeah, basically what happened was, uh, um, well, uh, there was one other almost dying moment where I, you know, after a decade of self-improvement, the only thing I'd improved was my ability to describe why my life was so screwed up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was so burnt out and, and frustrated and felt so much more inadequate. I became addicted to drugs and alcohol. And I ended up almost dying of an overdose. Oh. I, was in, and I was in the ER and um, very, very close. And after that, I was like, how did all my self-improvement get me there? Right. And I figured I, must, I need to work harder, work smarter, whatever. And then, so I gave it another shot. And then I was shooting the film thinking, okay, I'm finally getting a break. Things are coming my way. And then the film started falling apart. And they fired the director, fired the lead actress. I had I had a relationship with the lead and the messy breakup on the set Ugh. and and then I was like I just can't catch a break and I just went out into this we're diving into this coral reef on a on a you know a break during um uh, you know, during the week one of the days we had off didn't tell anybody didn't go with anybody and was really just trying to escape I even remember praying I want to get lost from everything above and 
be careful what you pray for. Exactly. <laughs> because it actually, exactly. I had a lot more power than I thought. Yeah. And that's what, that's what led to that experience. So you come out of that coral reef and you are a different person. And then what? I mean, who do you talk to? Where do you go? Who can you take this experience to? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Well, the first thing I took it to was my hotel room and seriously a come-to-Jesus moment where I found myself falling to my knees and just sobbing like I had not cried my whole life, like just stuff coming out of me. And it felt like a hand had reached inside of me and pulled it out. And then I had a moment where I was on my knees and I fell forward. There was the, the intensity of what was getting pulled out of me was so strong. I like fell forward and I had the experience of something catching me and holding me. My arms were literally suspended up in the air like somebody had my arms and was holding me and just had this deepest, most profound, cathartic experience I'd ever had before, like a, a flushing out of a whole level of, of an old self. And then it, it did so happen. There was one woman on the film that was really on a path, and somehow we connected, and we began to talk about what had happened. And she sort of gave me, I guess you could say, one of my first spiritual coaching-type sessions to kind of just help me understand what was happening. And then, like I said, when I got done with the film, you know, I tried to pull out society and, and all that. And, and I didn't have anybody to talk to initially, but eventually you know, I began to attract or gravitate towards those people. However, the, the next couple of years was very much more of a, of a solo journey. It was really about lots and lots of time within. Yeah, because you're on this journey and there's not a lot of people who can relate to it. And, all, and it's almost like you're, you're dealing with a different currency now. It's, you're not in yeah. the same world that a lot, of, a, right. a lot of other people are, especially a lot of Hollywood people. This really is an amazing story. Derek, best-selling author of Emergence, now The Abundance Project. You have literally been reborn and now you're going to help us get on board with all of this too, right? Yeah, well, initially I was practicing it for myself and beginning to see the results. And then little bit by little bit, people would ask, what are you doing? What are you up to? What's going on? Because they could see things shifting. And then I would begin to talk about it. And then I began to have all these dreams, recurring dreams of healing people. And I would wake up and go, oh, no, no, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the actor, the artist. Uh, I want to have my weekend free. You know, I don't want to, I don't want that kind of attention. But it just kept growing. And uh, eventually I found myself giving talks around it. And then, you know, people wanting to work with me and then growing up practice around it. And, and then I did end up beginning to go to a very well-known trans-denominational center in Culver City called Agape with uh, Michael Beckwith. And I became a practitioner there. And so now I have a community of people that talk the same language. From there, it just kept growing. You know, I, I built a clientele and began to speak more and more and, and then watch as other people were having similar shifts and changes. Um, this was basically, you know, based on the law of emergence and the emergence process, which is really the opposite in some ways as attraction. Can and you I, give us like the 30-second version of the emergence, the elevator absolutely. speech for emergence? Just like the oak is already in the acorn, and the acorn doesn't have to go out and attract or achieve or earn itself into oakhood, it's already an oak. And when the conditions are right, the oak naturally emerges. It's already there in the acorn. It's already there in the field. The acorn doesn't build an oak, doesn't achieve an oak, doesn't attract an oak. And it doesn't improve itself into oak. It's not like, well, if I just work really, really hard, I can improve myself into an oak. It already is an oak. And the same is true with us, that 
There's a perfect pattern already planted in the soil of our soul. And when we cultivate the right conditions, those conditions that are congruent with that pattern that's already there, it naturally unfolds or emerges. There's a perfect pattern or a seed pattern of perfection and purpose already planted in the soil of our soul. And when we cultivate the congruent conditions to that pattern, it naturally emerges as our life. And that's the same principle that has allowed all of existence to emerge, you know, everywhere. Everywhere you see is the seed, whether it's the seed of a person or the seed of a plant, and even the seed of this universe. That was a profound discovery. And then I went back and I began to read the great teachings, you know, Jesus and Buddha and all of these, and realized they were teaching the same thing. Yeah. Uh, they were saying, it's already within you, connect with that. Uh, you know, become aligned with that, and all those things will be the added things that, that show up after the fact. That was a revelation, and what I realized that most of my efforts and energies to achieve and attract things were separating me from the thing itself, yes. and were creating most of the resistance that was blocking it. When I got back in alignment this way, things began to unfold, not without challenge, not without the need to grow, there's right. still the need to grow, but they unfolded in a way that was natural and normal and better than I could have imagined and without a lot of the struggle that I used to experience. Seek ye first the kingdom That's right. of God That's right. and his righteousness. Which is with which is within you, yes. you know, if they had gotten that one piece right, you know, Jesus did say it's within you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, if we had just gotten that right, we'd be in a very different place. But he's like, don't worry about all this other outer stuff. Seek first the kingdom of heaven within you and its righteousness, the right use of the principles, the right understanding of reality, and then all those things will be added unto you. And, and this is a message he's saying all the time. And uh, so suddenly I, I, I thought the Bible and all that stuff was just a bunch of gobbledygook. You know, I didn't believe any of it. And suddenly I couldn't understand any of it. And after this opening, suddenly I understood all of it. Like suddenly be able to read a language you couldn't read a moment before. Yeah. Now, now the Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, Love and Happiness. <laughs> How do we play along with this book? As I, as I unpack the emergence model, uh, basically from the emergence model, whatever's missing is what you're not giving. Whatever you're waiting for, you're actually waiting with and weighing it down because everything is within us. So the only way to have more of anything is by allowing more of it to come out of you, allowing you to express or circulate more of it. And in that process, I realized people were having more and more abundance in their life, including me. And I eventually identified what was it about the emergent framework that, that allowed that to be so. And it was this piece, give what appears missing. And ultimately underlying that was the law of circulation. And the law of circulation, circulation is really the key word because wherever there's greater circulation, there's always greater life, greater power, greater energy, greater growth. And when there's not circulation, there's stagnation, diminishment, and ultimately the death of a system, like a body of water without circulation becomes a swamp. And circulation means there's an inlet and an outlet. There's a cycle, there's a circuit. And I realized that wherever people's lives were stagnating, the circuit was broken, meaning they were not, you know, they did not have a complete cycle of circulation, like, in, like a breath. You know, the, the law of circulation says, you cannot give what you don't have. So you have to have it first. You cannot keep what you don't give. So you have to share it and circulate it. And finally, you cannot sustain what you won't receive. You have to take it in. So you have to breathe in, breathe out, and receive the air again. That's a complete cycle. Yeah. And a lot of us 
are going through life just breathing out. Oh, if I just keep doing, 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 or helping others, eventually I'll get mine. And we're burned out, exhausted, resentful. A lot of us are going through life trying to hold on to what we've got so we don't lose it. That's just breathing in. And some of us might be breathing in and out, but then we don't receive the air back, meaning we don't let life support us. We don't let others love us. We don't let, we don't even receive a compliment well. Yes. So again, you have to have all three pieces. If you try to just hold your breath all day, you'll die. If you try to breathe out all day, you'll die. <laughs> if you just breathe in and out, but you don't take it back in, you'll die. And so in every area of our life, there's a circuit, whether it's love, whether it's creativity, whether it's literal wealth, the wealth aspect, relationship, etc. And oftentimes there's a broken circuit. I want you to break it down for us in terms of an everyday situation. Paint us a picture of what it looks like. You know, when I was going broke and then eventually I caught that the secret of that I need to be connected with source. I needed to not lean on resource, but lean on the source and learn to live by insight, not eyesight. And I eventually had to go back out into the world and get a job. I got a job as a waiter, so I did it backwards. I went from being a successful actor down to being a waiter. It, it was a job from hell, and I was humiliated, and people would come in who would actually recognize me. I even had one somebody come that I had to wait on that I had been in a movie with, and it was just humiliating. And yet I had this awareness now, this principle and this process. It's all within me. It's all within me. And I began to bring the me that I would be if I was living the life I wanted to the job that I currently hated. So I began to treat it like it was my destiny. And I began to ask if I was living my destiny, how would I show up in the world? How would I hold myself? How would I care for myself? How would I, what would I bring to others? And I began to realize I would show up with creativity, with energy, with excellence, with service, with joy. And I began to do a few processes and things to get myself activated and then go to that job. And I gave five-star service in a three-star restaurant. And, and it began to activate all these qualities and joy and creativity and and I was a, a phenomenal waiter but it began to create a lot of problems too because the other waiters were like you're making us look bad man <laughs> you know? right. yeah. and one of the one of the managers thought I was fucking for her job so I ended up getting fired and I won't go through the whole <laughs> thing but I got I got fired three times by and, being um, fantastic by doing your job really well right and, and, and here's why because I kept expanding energetically, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever, and that container just couldn't hold me. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was set up for mediocrity, not for excellence. And, and that's not a judgment, exactly. but it's just a fact. Yes. And, and it kept spitting, it kept spitting me out. And on the third time, I eventually said to the one manager who did like me, I think it's probably a good idea if we just part ways amicably. Because they kept hiring me back. So, but then what happened is, and I felt amazing. I mean, I was on fire. Yeah. You know, this job that I hated, I felt like I was living my destiny because that's where I was. I was in heaven even while my other waiters might have been in hell. And I even wrote an article after I got fired the third time, how I stopped waiting and started serving. Yes. And, and then a month or two later, I got hired uh, doing a job um, as an actor again and, and a consultant where I was performing and consulting for Fortune 500 companies. And I went from making $50 a day to 1000 a day. I went from serving in a three-star restaurant to being wined and dined in five-star restaurants all over the country and doing my work and being a leader in all that energy I built up was exactly the energy that I needed to be in that new role. Yeah. But here's the key. That, that, I didn't get that new opportunity after I got fired. 
I became that opportunity on the job training, mm -hmm. on the job that I hated. I became, and as Gandhi said, you must become the change you want to see in the world. And so I, I became it, and, and it, you know, it was just like, boom. The universe said, okay, let's move you now to the place where you can be fully utilized at the level that you're now living at. And that was really the turning point for me to realize I'm onto something. I didn't attract it. I didn't achieve it. I up-leveled my, my ability to circulate and generate the energy of the life I wanted. I didn't wait till the condition changed. I became the change. And it's all about the circulation. You know, I was getting excellence, generosity, love, service, not waiting for somebody else to validate it, approve it, or any of that. Right. I showed up and started generating it. And that's what changed everything. Are you ready to show up and start generating the things that you want in your life? Let's do it together. The Abundance Project by Derek Rydall. R-Y-D-A-L-L. Get it? And join the conversation in the coming weeks. For more, visit Casey.co. Our thought for the day comes from Derek, who said, It can't be said enough. You really matter, not just to me, but to this planet at this time. Don't ever forget that. Every time you have an aha or grow through something and are lifted, you are lifting someone somewhere in the world or many people, not to mention those closest to you. You really are God's gift to the world. Heck, I could have told you that. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.